Welcome to the WEPC Discipleship Podcast, because the gospel changes everything. Welcome to episode two of the uh, WEPC Discipleship Podcast. This is the Advent series with me, Joe. Me, Sarah. (laughs) You should probably say your name again. I'm Sarah. I'm here. (laughs) I made it. (laughs) I'm Gordon. And we should also, I should apologize for the quality of Sarah's voice in the last episode that was on me, but we're fixing that today. She sounds amazing as usual. That's no- you always sound amazing, Sarah. Thanks. Thanks guys. Technology is hard though. So I'm, I'm just really <laughs> grateful. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Hey, Technology always. is wonderful when it works and when it doesn't work, it's terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah. Awful. So this is uh this is episode two of the Advent series. Uh, we're doing four episodes in this series, and the very first episode last week walked through from the very beginning of the Old Testament creation, starting with Hebrews one, creation, the fall, Noah, and the flood, the Tower of Babel. Sarah corrected me on the pronunciation there. Maybe um, we don't really, we don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe Babel. Um, and then, and then the, and then, you know, the history getting specific, getting down to Abram and his calling and uh, Abraham and Sarah and then Leah and Rachel, we sort of, you know, talked about prehistory and then the beginning of the patriarchs. And so this episode, we're just going to talk about the um, sort of that middle period of the Old Testament from Joseph through Joshua. This is the time of going to Egypt and coming out of Egypt. Um, By the time we get to the end of the story of Joseph, we're now in Egypt and the people of God are in Egypt. And uh, by the time we come to the end of Joshua, we're we're getting out. We're crossing into the promised land. So, um, yeah. Hey, Sarah and Gordon, if there are there any thoughts that you have had over this past week, especially we just came out of Thanksgiving. So is there any uh, thoughts you have about yeah. this podcast related to, I don't know, stuff you've been thinking about or processing? Hmm. Uh, you know, in thinking about sort of the crossing of the Jordan and just the anticipation of everything, like, the holidays are definitely sort of anticipated in a kind of a weird way, you know, obviously like there's just things feel so off center and like just not balanced (laughs) because of everything that there's sort of an anticipation of like, 
Okay, we got through Thanksgiving. What is Christmas going to be like? How are we going to do that? Mm -hmm. So I don't, yeah. yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I was was thinking of um, just my expectations, which is always something, this isn't like a new thing for me, but I can have great expectations. Um, And then they can be let down. But that's okay Um, to see God working through this. But also especially when it talks about the Israelites grumbling um, Mm -hmm. or I guess, you know, just the, the, I'm very convicted lately of my, just my grumbling. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't. And then I complain about complaining and Mm then I'm, it's just a spiral Mm -hmm. sometimes, but, um, but I, something that I've been thinking about this week, just getting home from Thanksgiving um, is how sweet it is that we do have a, a time where we can celebrate by giving thanks, like really. Um, but also how weird it is that it becomes quickly all about like um, the Black Friday and the Cyber mm-hmm. Monday thing. And like how quickly my mind goes from like thanking for what I have to like seeing what I don't have mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. quickly. That was something I was yeah. thinking about yeah. this week. So, yeah. Yeah. How well, about you, I'm Joe? a grumbler. <laughs> I'm a grumbler as well, Sarah. And this is usually the time of year where I'm really bad at it. Yeah. Like, actually, I'm really good at grumbling at this time of year. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm generally a Grinch. I'm trying to change that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How about you, Joe? Yeah, I don't know if I would consider myself a grumbler, but I do complain a lot. And I usually complain to myself and about myself or at myself. And that is just a cycle and it then ends up where I'm just in a bad mood and everyone around me is in a bad mood. Um, the thing that I've been thinking about is that our, my kids are now at an age where they're, they're, they're beginning to learn how to be in a family and a larger family with bad expectations or they have expectations about things kind of like what you were saying, Sarah, like I, it, what I'm trying to get at is they have it, when they were kids, when they were little kids, Thanksgiving was amazing. You play with cousins, you eat great food and you usually just do fun stuff. You're off school, but they're now becoming more independent. And as they become independent, uh, they're seeing that still those things that used to be fun are now rubbing up against the thing that they really want to do, which is, I don't know, be by themselves or be with friends or, and it's just hard because they're just grumbling and complaining all the time. And I, <laughs> I'm not trying yeah. to throw my kids under the bus, but it's just, it's really hard. Like every day I'd be like, all right, you're grumbling and complaining. You have, I understand why, but let's, I'm trying to help you through this and it's just really hard. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. These are the things I'm thinking about. Yeah. So this first story then is the story of Joseph. It's a great story. Uh, You know, in this is the theme of this Advent series is this redemptive story is going, is this thread of redemption, this thread of people complaining God be or people being faithless and God being faithful. And it's just constant, constant, constant. And this story of Joseph, it's so weird. Um, I just think this is odd that Abram, Abraham, his story is, I don't know, eight chapters long. 
Isaac's story is one chapter long. Jacob's story is pretty long. Uh, but then Joseph's story goes from like chapter 36 or 37 all the way to the end. It's just weird that Joseph, yeah. uh, the story of Joseph is takes up a large chunk of Genesis. I have no That's point. right. I, I never no... even thought, I've never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it's as if Moses really wants us, the writer wants us to see that this is an important story about the people of God and God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, hmm. I don't know if, you know, we don't have time to go through this whole dramatic story because it's pretty dramatic. You know, this, uh, hmm. if, uh, I'm sure has Hollywood made a story of Joseph. They made a movie of Joseph yet. Uh, they made the whole Technicolor dream coat. Dream coat. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's been a movie. Not lately, well, right? Yeah. Has there? That'd be cool. They should do it. They should. If you're listening. And I've got to say, yes, Hollywood, if you're listening, um, (laughs) I I don't know if I've ever seen Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. I haven't, but I feel like I have. I don't think there is one out there. Yeah. (laughs) I've heard of that term. I've heard of that title. Um, But the story of Joseph is this story of ultimate reversal. I think about this story of Joseph left for dead. In fact, like purposefully, they wanted him dead. And Reuben came along and saved him. The, the older brother, Reuben, saved him. was like, eh, maybe let's not be murderers right away. <laughs> let's <laughs> just sell him right. into slavery. Yeah. yeah. Let's just sell our brother into slavery. Let's not actually murder him. Um, which I guess is, yeah. I guess is better. But, you know, and then, as you know, this, the great, it's an ultimate reversal. It's like being left for dead. And at the end, what they meant for evil, God meant for good. And they were saved mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of what Joseph had done. It's, it's a beautiful yeah. story. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, you know, I always think about this too. Like when you think about Christ's lineage and his family history, all like there's some crazy family history. I mean, you talk about like Thanksgiving and the holidays and how difficult family can be. Yeah. Uh, th- there, there's some tragic, tragic stories. Like this yeah. is crazy. Like selling your brother into slavery. That is wow. Um, I usually don't even That's up there. Yeah. And when you talk about the, when we talk about the Joseph story, we usually talk about the Joseph story alone, but I hadn't, thought about saying this but the whole genesis 38 this is a crazy just a narrative i just love narrative things narrative is so cool you know genesis 37 is the intro of the story of joseph it's just about joseph dreaming and they uh the brothers are jealous and they sell him into slavery genesis 37 ends with well it ends with they've sold him into slavery they go to egypt uh, verse 36, meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him, Joseph, in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Sort of like ends with this. Joseph is a slave close to Pharaoh. And then it totally jumps 
narrative it, in Genesis 38, it goes back to Judah and Tamar. Do you remember that story? Mm. Yeah. This, you know, the story of Judah um, having <laughs> relations with his daughter-in-law. It's kind of not great. Kind of not great. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and she, and she like takes his staff and is like, whoever staff this is, this is the man. And he's caught in his sin. Hmm. That's like, that's a whole story. It's about Judah and the brothers. And we don't know anything about Joseph until chapter 39. It picks up. Now, Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian. I, I, I just think. There's a reason why, because Joseph is not just this anecdotal story. It's not the story that we're supposed to read and help our kids realize that you need to, I don't know what the story of Joseph, what moral could the story of Joseph teach our kids, but it's to show like what you're saying, Gordon, that there's this whole large narrative, this whole story of the family of God that are horrible, horrible people. And yet God continues to, be gracious and yes. redirecting them, you know, like yes. stop, yeah. come this way. Right. Right. Yeah. It makes me think of, I mean, just how messy it is, but also um, the drama of it. Like I do not like drama and I cannot escape it to save my life. And it's just... <laughs> no drama llama. <laughs> it's yeah. Right. Yeah. That's our team name on youth group on Sundays, <laughs> drama llamas. So watch out. Um, so for our trivia games, anyways, good drama llama. So I, I just feel like it's, there's something that is so refreshing to, to see that this is included in scripture as it's messy, you know, it just mm-hmm. really is. And there's drama because in the midst of whatever we're going through, which is going to be drama because that's just life. It's, I mean, we have, we have the story we can go to and I can find hope in that as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Yeah. What? Like that's, yeah. that's beautiful. I have a friend who, um, he, he was in an accident and he's had neck issues ever since. Like it's just been neck and back issues ever since. And that was like 2013. And I remember we both met up later. Um, like he lives in Kansas and I live in Virginia. And so I met up with his family in DC one night, one day, like a couple years ago. And we both had just been going through a lot. And we thought, and we both said like, you know, if God could screw up my life, quote unquote, if he could like wreck my life, but it could help somebody like, wouldn't that be a sweet thing? Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly Mm, um, how, how he said it, but it was something like, um, you know, just thinking about that because along the way we've met people that have helped us and we've been able to help them and just be encouraged in the midst of it. If like, God, like, I just, I can't even fathom the way that God connects threads, but, um, to hear someone who I know has suffered so much, um, be able to trust Mm. in that and to hope that, I mean, it gives me that feeling like of Joseph being able to say and really trusting in God in that, in the midst of that, like, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, suffering is not fun. (laughs) So I don't know. It's, it's suffering. And how do we get to that place? It has to be a miracle that God does something in our hearts because I don't, I don't get there by myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and if I were if I were with Joshua in the midst of his trouble, it would be really hard to see any kind of redemptive plan or redemptive story kind of making its way through through his life. It yeah. would look just awful and like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. We're never going to get out of here. Yeah. But you know, it's not the end of the story, and I'm always reminded, you know, of you know, 
whatever trouble or challenges, um, it's never the end of the story. You know, God's God has a a, a plan to work and he's going to work through it. So, and he's going to use it to his glory. And he used this crazy story for amazing things. Mm -hmm. And the people and Judah who's going in the middle, in the middle of it, (laughs) who's going to be making a lot of mistakes too. We all, we're all connected in some, I don't know. It's, it's really fascinating to think Um, just even that, that Joseph is a dreamer. I mean, what does that mean? Like, how can we participate in that too with God? Like, just to think of his dreams, what he's dreamed about for uh-huh. us. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm always, when I think about this story, I'm always struck about the constant refrain in the story that God remembered Joseph. And at the same time, the cupbearer and the baker, they forgot Joseph. And everyone's, and the brothers, they wanted to forget Joseph. Uh, but God, but God remembered Joseph and years after years go by in the prison years go by in Pharaoh's, uh, as the prime minister of Egypt and he doesn't know where his families are. And, but God remembered him, God remembered. And I, I take a lot of comfort in that because I usually feel like I'm forgotten, you know? Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's helpful. I wonder if that was something he told himself. Or did later yeah. he see that in hindsight as he told the story, you know, yeah. like, but God remembered me. But God remembered I felt me. that. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But God remembered me. There's yeah. all, all yeah. circumstances point to God has forgotten him. Like you were, like you were saying, Gordon, like there's, there's all the circumstances point to God had forgotten Joseph. Um, but God didn't. God remembered him. Hallelujah. Well, amen to that. And then we move the redemptive story, you know, Genesis is over and then we move into the second book. Gosh, a lot happens in Genesis. <laughs> Narratively, a lot happens in Genesis. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> we're, we're going to, we're going to light speed through a lot of the rest of this stuff. But Exodus yeah. is the great story of Moses, right? I mean, it's the story of Moses. It's right. the story of um, the great uh, redeemer. Um, that is the great deliverer that is Moses. He's the great leader because Genesis ends with them in Egypt um, because Joseph had saved them. And now they're in Egypt and not many years go by and they are slave at the beginning of Exodus. They are now slaves in Egypt. And then we get the story of Moses and, you know, the reflections uh, in the, our Advent reflections, December 10th and 11th and 12th, talk about uh, the Exodus, them being released from Pharaoh's servitude, from slavery. Uh, December 11th, they cross the Red Sea um, and they escape Pharaoh's army. And then, you know, the what we were talking about at the beginning, December 12th, we we're going to talk about the people grumbling and uh, God providing manna, God providing for them, even in the midst of their grumbling. Uh, one of the favorite, one of my favorite quotes or, or scripture texts, uh, shoot, I, sh- I should have marked this, but um, it's when they're standing on the 
side of the Red Sea. They're standing ready to cross the Red Sea. Yeah, uh, verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near and the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And then mm. one of the, one of my favorite verses in all scripture, verse 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. I mean, I I take so much so comfort. Yes. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. It's powerful that just Joe, just shut up. <laughs> like Joe, <laughs> be silent and watch what the Lord is going to do. Right. Um, mm. Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. That, that helps me today. I, uh, my you guys can interrupt me at any point, but over Thanksgiving, I took my family on the Richmond Slave Trail, which I had never done mm. before. Have you Have yeah, you done wonderful. this? Wow! Yeah, I've never oh. done that. It's so, a great walking trail. I mean, it is. You, they have all the markers you can look at. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, this is down on the other side of the river. Yeah, it starts right? in Manchester. Uh, it kind of it goes by the. Yeah. I have been I mean, down it, there. I ran down there one time. I do remember. It's, I mean, it's powerful because it's it starts on the shore of the James River. Slaves yeah. were dumped here. And those that survived the journey were shackled, marched along the James River. And then it, and as Sarah was saying, it, it brings you to different points in Richmond specific to the slave trail. The, the markets, Lumpkin's Jail... Um, the, the cemetery where these unmarked graves are. And my kids were, my kids said, wait, is this a graveyard? And we said, yeah, it's a graveyard. And they're like, well, there are no markers. Mm -hmm. You know, Hollywood cemetery is beautiful. I love to go to Hollywood cemetery. They have great markers. Um, yeah, but this slave grave graveyard has no markers because they were, they weren't really people. I, they were people, but they weren't right. viewed that way. And so they were just dumped right. there. And I just can't imagine. I know there's terrible. I know there's a difference between awful. I'm not trying to say there's this the exact similarity between chattel slavery and the slavery that the Egyptian that the Israelites had in Egypt, but you know, they were enslaved. And I can't imagine mm -hmm. feeling the, you know the sur the bondage that slavery is i mean that you just you got nowhere to go you are told to go where right. you go and if not you're dead and right you know i can sort of see why they would be on the edge of the red sea and think you know at least we weren't you know I, we have imminent death right here it's like we're gonna be slaughtered by pharaoh's army or we're gonna drown in the red sea and at least back there we were slaves but we ate and we'd survived such a right. horrible life. Yeah. You know? 
I don't know. I, I have no, I have no and, point from that. I'm just, it's just interesting to think about. I mean, I think about my own life sometimes and it, I want comfort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, what it doesn't matter what the comfort looks yeah. like. I, you know, like to do some real kind of deep reflection, I, I think I could easily see myself being like, get me back to yeah. Egypt. I'll, yeah. I'll take the hard labor and, you know, maybe a meal a day, like right. over, like, I'm going to, I'm going to drown yeah. <laughs> if you send me it this way. Like, this is crazy, Moses. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, yeah. And I was thinking too, like Moses wrote this, right? So these words that he's writing about what, whatever this person was saying to him, like, this is fresh. Yeah. <laughs> like it's <laughs> right. probably never left. This, this is one of those moments where yeah. he's going to remember those words. Yeah. You know, and he's dedicated his life as an older yep. man. I mean, he was, I think he, he was like in his 80s by the time I think he, you know, went actually back to Egypt to confront Pharaoh. Um, he was old. I, I think I've read that. Maybe I'm wrong, but he was yeah. up there. Like, and to have somebody be like, hey, um, I think we'd rather just head back, you know? <laughs> Thanks, thanks, but no thanks. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I've dedicated my entire life to this. What do you know? We're not going back. Oh. Instead, he says, just watch what God yeah. is going to do. Yeah. How discouraging of a moment that could have been for him and then for him to still trust God and, and lead in that moment. That, mm-hmm. that, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love, I love that. Like, like you were saying, Joe, that fear not stand salvation of the Lord. I mean, that is, that's applicable every day. Fear not. Yeah. I'm afraid. I'm afraid every day. Stand firm. I need that. I need that reminder every day yeah. and see the salvation of the Lord. Yeah. Like I can look to Jesus and, and I can see how he's given me freedom mm-hmm. and I need to, I need that reminder every day or I do fall into yeah. some sort of slavery or lie that I'm believing in, right. Or fear, or shame or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I also think there's something, the, the, the idea of silence and stillness, I mean, that is just so countercultural, right? Like, but, right, right. um, but even it just in my heart, it's, that's not what I think I have to do, you know, silence and stillness. Yeah. Not being afraid, mm. you know, that's, that's been standing out to me lately is that, um, I feel like God's just calling me to be quiet and, and like a sweet, mm-hmm. like rest and quietness and rest, like let that be my strength. And then, and then after the sweetness of it is that then they sing, you know, then yeah. they praise the Lord. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that's something that I don't know. I mean, hang out with teenagers and I love them so much, but it can be hard when I'm like, Oh, I want, I want to see you guys sing. I want that freedom. Cause you know, when you're a kid and you just sing and you're loud, but then you kind of start getting aware of who you are and you just, you stop singing and it's like, Oh, let's sing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it took yeah. me a long time to start singing again, but I don't want to stop, you know? And, yeah. um, but sometimes I feel that little bit of me that's like, Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I yeah. think it's so sweet that when we're in a family and the family of God, we sing together. I think that has been, um, a big part of my story. Just remembering that I'm a child and I can sing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, amen. Yeah. Amen. Sarah, yeah. you, there was a, there was a lot you said there that resonates with me. The, the fact of st- the 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 fact that silence and solitude is not something that we honor in our culture, and I I don't honor it in my life. Like I I have an idol of efficiency in my life. This is my idol, 
if I'm, if I'm efficient, then my idol is well satisfied and I feel great if I'm efficient. But then the minute I don't use a second not efficiently, then I start, he's, he's condemning in me, you know, I'm being condemned and um, solitude feels inefficient. Silence Mm -hmm. feels inefficient to me. That's Mm -hmm. not true. I mean, I, I need to tell myself that. Um, Right. And so there's, yeah. Well, I think that's Uh, also the theme. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, go. I think that's the theme of like the lies that try to get us. Like, I mean, with the Israelites, they, need to be reminded that God is with them over and over. And, mm-hmm. and I think we all need that too, because the, the lie is that he's distant and far away and he's not working for our good. Yeah. And that's, that's a lie, <laughs> right. but we have to keep remembering, which is, which isn't that sweet. Speaking of remembering like God, remembering Joseph, like that Jesus even asks us to remember him. I mean, he, that's, I don't know, like in a human way of thinking like, Oh, don't we all just want to be remembered? Jesus is saying that too in a, and yeah. I mean, he's saying it in like a big, powerful way, but also in that human way of like, remember me, it, it's important. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I and he, and he remembers, flattered. and he remembers us. He remembers our name. And he remembers us. Yeah. Uh, he will, when we walk through the gates of heaven, uh, our, he will call our name from his lips will be our name. Well, well done. Good and faithful servant, Gordon. Well done, yeah. Sarah. Well done, Joe. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's beautiful. I, I, I long, Praise I long God. for that. Yeah. Uh, when I was, when I was reading these stories, the, the three Moses stories this today, and I, I wrote this to you guys earlier today, but I, I, I realized how it's, uh, or at least to me, the, the theme that came across was the theme of judgment. Like, judgment among group parties. I'm not, not necessarily talking about the Lord's judgment, although that's part of it, but, you know, Pharaoh judged the Israelites and said, you're my slaves and you're really terrible slaves. So now you got to do extra work. And, you know, with all the stuff that Moses started doing, he was breaking the back of his slaves and he was judging them. And Moses judged the Pharaoh with those 10 plagues and the Lord judged Pharaoh with the plagues, with Exodus and with the Red Sea. And uh, the Lord, the Lord judged the Israelites when they were, or actually the Israelites judged the Lord with the story we just talked about. Like you, you brought us out here to kill us. God, we should have stayed in Egypt. So they're judging God and God's judging them and saying, look, you have sinned against me, but I will still continue to provide for you. Repent. And receive my provision. Um, I, I guess it, the theme of judgment jumped out at me because I realized how the life in quarantine to me seems like a time of judgment. Um, no matter what we mm-hmm. do, like if I'm talking to someone about what what they did on Thanksgiving, I, I am going to judge them. I, I admit that I will judge them. Maybe I'll judge them well, or I'll judge them poorly depending on my level of, you know, where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, Right. Right. And I, I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how to get by that other than to repent that I'm using, I'm judging people based upon my own scales and that's wrong. I I need to, Mm -hmm. I need Mm -hmm. to appropriately judge people according to scripture. 
Um, but even then, like leaving judgment up to God. Um, and, you know, there's an aspect of relational judgment that we do when we're in relationship with folks. But um, I don't know. I, I, do you guys have any thoughts about that or um, agree or disagree? Yeah, I'm quick to but? judge. <laughs> I'm I'm quick to judge, yeah. very quick to judge. And I, I have to have to catch myself or somebody close to yeah. me can catch me <laughs> sometimes be like, Hey, um, yeah. I, I think I probably spend most of my time repenting of being overly judgmental of, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, especially these days, yeah. it can be really hard. Yeah. Um, well, no, actually, no, it's not really hard to judge. It's easy to judge. It's hard to and, stop. And the, the, you know, yeah, everybody thinks they're right. Um, and yep. Yeah. It, Wait, it's, you it's went tough. to be with and... people on Thanksgiving? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, God's God is the ultimate judge, and I need to just stay out of it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's got something very specific for us to do, and I, you know, I, I think. I was thinking, what was it today? I can't, I'm, I lose track of time <laughs> these days, yeah. like the weeks and the days. I just, every, it's just like one big giant long day. Um, recently, yeah. I was just thinking like, you know, uh, the world will know that we follow Jesus because of how we love each other and how we love others. That that's what we're called to do. Not, not be judgmental. Yeah. That's what I'm called to do. And I don't do it enough. Um, Praise God, uh, Jesus does it perfectly for me. Right, right. But th there is some work. There is some work to do in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thinking about even just the fact that, I mean, there's so many amazing stories even inside of these. Like, there's a burning bush. There's a miracle of water being stopped. I mean, there's things that are like this is the God we serve. Is that there's more than we can even imagine about what He's doing. Yeah. And then sometimes He reveals it, but. Um, Am I, what am I doing if I'm just sitting like looking and judging, <laughs> like yeah. instead of participating, like thinking about, you know, you know, being a priest who's like bearing the ark, like they weren't doing the miracle. God was doing it, but they got yep. to participate in that, you know, and yep. just thinking, um, how often I'm not, I'm missing out cause I'm not, um, I'm not listening or being still or being silent or, you know, really hearing his voice instead of all the other voices that are going on. Yeah. Um, and I think I've talked about this. I don't know, maybe not with you guys, but um, manna doesn't it mean what is it like literally? Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 And hmm. so I I think wow. we have um we let we like we have this part of our of well okay I'll just speak for myself I have a tendency to <laughs> have a situation happen and I can be like what is it like. <laughs> why yeah, yeah. or i can be like what is it that god is up to in this like it's it's like a posture in my heart that i need god to help me get to that place yeah, because yeah. i can so quickly be reactive and be like what is it why is this happening to me why is it always a million things at once i feel like it's all heavy and mm. i'm a mess or whatever instead of like oh maybe this is opportunity you know like yeah in my in my best day like god's got to help me see that like i'm like yeah okay um so I think that little attitude mm. change too, I mean, it's supernatural, but it's like remembering that, like, what is it? Because I think we say stuff, if we don't say, what is it? We say something to that effect, like, yeah, what yeah. in the world's going on here? Right. You know, like what in the world? Okay. What in the world is going on here? Yeah. God, 
help me have different eyes to see and different ears to hear what you're doing here instead of everything else. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, yeah. that you're blowing my mind. I, I did <laughs> not know that mana, the word mana means what yeah. is it? Like the fact that they named it mana or they just called it. Yeah. Mana. They didn't know what it was. There's yeah. a question like just immediately questioning God's provision. God provides. Right. Yeah. And the first thing they do is question it, you know, like that's so what I do. Right. Like you were saying, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. Like in the midst of, I'm just thinking in terms of like, God is actively in doing something and it's disruptive. Yeah. And you're in the midst of it and you're, and you're calling out to God, like what, what is going on? What is this manna? Like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good for you. But you don't know what it is, mm -hmm. um, but you have to accept it. And I don't know, you're blowing my mind here. Yeah. Like that just sheds so much different perspective on that story for me yeah. now. I did not know that. Yeah, I agree. I really like that concept of it's all uh, the human life is a life of questions. We ask questions mm -hmm. and that's a great thing. If we assume that answers are discoverable. Um, if we just, if we yes. believe that answers cannot be found, then, oh, that sounds hard. That life is horrible. And it leads you to, God, what, I don't know. I don't know who did this to me, but my life is terrible. And I don't know why. And I don't understand it. And it's, it's undiscoverable. I, I don't know the answers. And, and obviously Christians don't know the answers, but we do know some answers and we do know the God who has all the answers. And so like, I like yeah. that. I like that way of thinking about, yeah, the, your posture in asking questions and like the, a good life is a life where you say, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. Yeah. God, help me understand this. What, why? I don't, I don't understand, mm -hmm. but, right. but we do have a God who gives us answers. Like, I, yes. mm -hmm. and I love, I love that. Um, I, I've been interacting with someone fairly recently that believes in a brand of Christianity in which um, it's it is all about questions, but not no answer. There are no answers, and I, I've hmm. I've pushed back a little bit and said I love the idea that questions is the sort of the bedrock of your faith, but there are answer there are answers. Right. I mean, right. the answer is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't mean that to be a mm -hmm. Sunday school answer, but that's like, it is. Yeah. Well, uh, to have that assurance is yeah, so paramount, right? Like to have that, to have at least that answer. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. And, the, and cause there's, you know, uh, Tim Keller says, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's Tim Keller. I think it's him. I'll attribute it to him. Um, that 10% of, or most of life is let me back up. 20% of life <laughs> is black and white. 80% of life is gray. And so we know the 20% of life that is black and white. You know, hmm. Jesus is God. Scripture is God's word. Uh, we were created for his glory. We're created to enjoy life. We're created in community. I mean, there's, there's all these things that are true, but hmm. most of what we do in life is in this gray. It's in this 
I don't know the answer, but the answer, but the answer is there. Am I making sense? That's like, yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah. no, that's definitely hitting me. I feel like there's something with like story in general, but I've been thinking about um, mystery and riddles. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, I'm really bad at riddles, but I think there's something to life that feels like a riddle, like we're trying to figure it out. Um, but there's something to like, you don't watch a movie and want all the answers at the beginning. Like you want to discover it along the way. Like when you or you read a book, you want to discover the mystery of what's the story or else it's just like oh that was dumb you told me it yeah. in the beginning and i so like just thinking of looking at it that way like it is such a beautiful life when you think of it you know there's so much to discover i mean that's why i mean kids have such a great way of looking at the world because they're literally discovering everything all the all the time right. and they're asking questions yeah. but but it's so nice when you do get that answer it's like oh that's what i've been waiting for you know yeah. and that's what advent's about i mean we were waiting for the answer um and to to think of I don't know. I, I, I mean, on one hand, I want to be the riddle master. Like I want to figure it all out. Uh, but right, right. I'm just never going to be that. But I know the one who, who is like, he knows he's so mysterious in a yeah. lot of ways, but yeah. he also lets himself be known and leads us in the midst of it. Um, yeah. and reveals, reveals stuff. I mean, all over the place. And that's the thing. I, I, I think about this a lot. Like if you, like, I just feel like God never gets old. You just keep learning. And it's just like, there's more to learn. You know, yeah. you, 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 there's so much. That's mm-hmm. a treasure, treasure chest. Keep going. Yeah. Keep digging. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, hitting me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 awesome. Yeah, I love this. I mean, it, it, love in, it. in this whole redemptive story, we are, we are, um, well, there, there's nothing new under the sun. Like what Moses and what the Israelites have dealt with is what we're dealing with. Um, mm. And um, we're complainers and that's what we are. The The last story that we're going to talk about today is this story of Joshua crossing the Jordan. So we're sk- in redemptive history in the Old Testament. We're skipping a lot. Uh, we're skipping those 40 years yeah. of wandering in the wilderness, the giving of mm. the law the testing out who's in the promised land. Oh, there's giants over there and we don't want to go over mm-hmm. there. We're terrified. So we run back and then they end up wandering for 40 years. That generation falls away, including Moses. And a new generation rises up under the leadership of this new guy, Moses's right-hand man, Joshua. Um, and Joshua brings them, brings them to the promised land, crosses over. He's the guy that walks them around Jericho seven times. Um, in the December 13th reflection, it's the story of the Joshua and the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant uh, across the Jordan. And they step down into the water and, uh, you know, I've heard it before. I haven't studied archaeology to know whether this is true, but that when those 12 men carrying the ark stepped into the Jordan River, they didn't know whether or not they would sink all the way to the bottom or not. They had no idea just from the way the Jordan River was uh, that they could just be sinking to their death. But Hmm. they were told by God, by Joshua, we're going to cross over 
uh, with this ark and um yeah and they came and they set up the ebenezer they set up a, a pile of rocks to remind them of what happened that day you know god rescued them out of egypt and now he's bringing them into the promised land and i think we talked about this last week that the the abrahamic promise the two threads of the abrahamic promise are i'm going to give you a child and we see that a lot with the abraham isaac and jacob um and then the other one is a land i give you a land you know abram look all around you and look up there the stars those are your kids and look all around you as far as you can this is your land and um they finally get there and the bible ends here because it's all great and wonderful they finally get to the land and there's no problems <laughs> okay that was that was a joke that's a joke um that's the end <laughs> yeah but like but actually that's a great that's a great question i think maybe we should end with is are there things in your life that look like if you can achieve that if you can get that if i can get to the promised land then everything will be great and you know because you're a smart person and you actually have the holy spirit inside you uh that's not true right i mean we know that's not true but are there things in your life that you're like if i can just get there yeah i mean most of my adult life I, that's like, <laughs> yeah you know i mean it's always it's always like you have this thing in front of you you try you look to try to achieve it maybe you get it and then all of a sudden it becomes this next thing yeah mm. and it's always this next thing and gosh i i think when i look back on my own path i mean i spent so much time being like what am i supposed to do right you know, with my life <laughs> right the question yeah. that everybody has asked at some point I don't know. I mean, I think it's me. I just continued to keep asking the question. I just was like, we're it, it's us creative. And there was a point. <laughs> I, I think so. And there was, there was definitely a point in my life where I think I, I, I was like, I think I got there. I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. And then that became very clear that that was not going to be yeah. uh, what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Ultimately, Ultimately, I think honestly, like where I landed was I kept asking God, what am I supposed to do or what what is my life supposed to look like? And ultimately, what it comes down to is what, you know, God said in the Old Testament, which is follow the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Yeah. Hmm. That's what you're supposed to do. And, and you know, good. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus uh, basically says a lot of the same stuff throughout the New Testament. Yeah. You know, follow me. Take up your cross and um, seek the Lord with all your heart, right. and all these things will, you know, yeah. be given to you. So, I, I a lot of time was wasted. They're not ridiculous questions, but they're good questions to ask. But mm. um, it was always something. Yeah. It was always something other than right. the Lord. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. Yeah, I mean, I think we all have so many things that we want. I think the contentment issue for being, it's just, I'm putting my treasure in something else, whether it be a relationship or um, security in some like financial situation or um, just like no drama. <laughs> That's for yeah. whatever reason. I just yeah. don't want any drama yeah. guys. Um, I, I get that one. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the circumstances just can't be where I place my hope in because they are going to be, 
full of drama and all of the things and contentment's just not going to be found there. And I think something that switched for me was first seeing Jesus as my treasure, but then also um, thinking of what am I actually praying for? Um, and I think God's been helping me with his spirit actually pray for fruit of the spirit. Like I want to pray for those things because that's the stuff that, that like does good, like God works through those things, you know, like give me patience, give me self-control, give me, you know, give me love and joy. So like thinking about that. Um, but then like, even just the way that things, I feel like, I mean, I like plants (laughs) and I've been thinking a lot about plants the past couple of years and I don't know much. I'm really a beginner gardener, but I'm really encouraged that you can put like crap on, (laughs) on plants to help it grow. Well, sometimes, sometimes (laughs) literally, literal, but like, like literal, like manure. Right. And so just to think through that, like, um, like God's a master gardener. And I'm, I keep, I just keep thinking about that. Like if I want fruitfulness, like that means it's going to hurt sometimes. He's going to prune me, you know, all these things. And so I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I, that's, that's, that helps me to see that God's mm-hmm. um, in control and he's, he wants to grow me and, and do these things. And he's, he wants to lead me through it all. And, um, and he can use all that messy stuff yeah. too. And maybe that's, that's okay. Even though yeah. I don't like it. Right. Um, all the time. So, yeah, right. That's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. How about you, Joe? Yeah. I, no, I, I, I just want you guys to be vulnerable and not me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I would say, yes, I could answer this in so many different ways, both, uh, within like occupational job stuff or personal stuff right. or family stuff. And I guess I, I keep thinking, as I think about that question, I keep thinking that uh, no matter what, um, my I, I am placing my contentment, like you're saying, Sarah, I'm placing my contentment in something movable, something like move, just on sinking sand. And mm-hmm. um, no matter what, if I'm I'm constantly thinking about that next thing, that next thing, and um, like you were saying, Gordon, it's like that next thing, that next thing, that next thing, and you achieve that next thing. And then it's on to the next thing. And, uh, it is a, it is just a, a world of discontent, malcontentment, discontentment for me. And, um, you know, I, the, um, I think comparison is of the devil. Comparison is of the devil. This is one of the things I tell my kids a lot because, you know, there's six of us that live in a house and we compare each other all the time. Well, why does she have that? Why does he have that? Why can she do that? Why can't she do that? And I, I do the same thing, not just my kids. And right. it is, it is just evil. Comparison is evil. And um, because we are all going back to the whole judge thing, we all have messed up barometers in our hearts and so mm-hmm. I'm going to judge you based upon the messed up heart barometer I have. And I may, no matter what, I may say, okay, I'm better than you. <laughs> Just so horrible. <laughs> and then I'm filled with pride or I'm less than you. And then I'm just in a pit of despair at that point. And no matter what, I'm just comparing myself according to my own, bar- my own sinful barometer. Uh, uh, so 
I guess I would just say, uh, like you two, I just am constantly placing my contentment in man-made things that are uh, like the like the homes of the first two piggies. They're just constantly being blown down. <laughs> um, and it's just, it <laughs> is my life. I feel yeah. that way. But That's we it. have the brick house that well, we can go into for refuge. Yes, that's right. And we don't. There is a brick well, house. Well, sometimes we do, but yes. you know, when we are yes. in our yeah. moments. <laughs> we have that refuge. We have God as the refuge, and that's um, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, right? Jehovah Jireh. God is my yeah. refuge. Yes. Um, mm. Amen. Strong power. Yes. That's good. Um, Sarah. Yes. I think you have a prayer for us. I do. Let's end with, I'm going to end with the December 13th prayer. So if you have it with at home, you can follow along. Grant almighty God that as we now carry about us this mortal body. Yeah. And nourish through sin, a thousand deaths within us. Oh, grant that we may ever be by faith, direct our eyes toward heaven and to that incomprehensible power that is to be manifested at the last day. By Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that in the midst of death, we may hope that thou wilt be our redeemer and enjoy that redemption he completed when he rose from the dead and not doubt, but that the fruit he then brought forth by his spirit will come also to us when Christ himself shall come to judge the world. And may we thus walk in the fear of thy name that may that we may be really gathered among his members to be made partakers of that glory, which by his death. He has procured for us. Amen. 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 Wow. That was beautiful. Thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. That was great. Wonderful. Uh, we return next week for the third episode where we'll look at the reflections from December 14th to the 21st. We'll, we'll conclude the redemptive story of the Old Testament. Um, Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, this was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love this. This is so encouraging. and I love it too. I, I'm, uh, I'm really, I'm just really glad that this is helpful for me to be mindful of Advent and all the things that are involved in that. And- 